Hello, my friend, and welcome to Wisdom Trek. This is Guthrie Chamberlain, and I'm your guide to wisdom and creating a living legacy. Thank you for joining us for this three-day-per-week, 12 Minutes of Wisdom podcast. This is day 377 of our trek, and today is Philosophy Friday. Every Friday, we will ponder on the aspects of life that will help us to create and grow our living legacy. Currently, we are in a multi-part series of exploring the cycles and seasons of life. Today, we will hike on the value of the Attitude Trail. We are broadcasting from our studios at the Big House in Marietta, Ohio. By this weekend, I should have all the upstairs woodwork, floors, and front stairways coated with polyurethane. This has been quite a feat, with a total of 11 doorways upstairs. Even after living here nearly 30 years, I had not thought about the number of doorways. With applying polyurethane to that many doors and trim, it became painfully obvious that there were a lot. They do look nice, though, and the time invested will bring pleasure to many for generations to come. We do consider the big house our passion project for the extended family and part of our living legacy. This weekend and the first part of next week, I should be able to finish up the back stairways and the downstairs hallway and foyer. There is much to complete before July 1st when the Chamberlain reunion starts. We will accomplish as much as we can, leave the rest in God's hand, and realize that we can continue it as we have opportunity in the months ahead. We are blessed that in this season of life, we do have the time and opportunity to gradually work on the restoration of the big house. As we think about life, let's head out for the fourth segment of our trek today as we explore the values of attitude within the cycles and seasons of life. Regardless of your own religious or intellectual inclination, it is difficult to believe that humans somehow came about by random chance and circumstances. For all of us, what we believe about the origin of life, and particularly humans, is based purely on faith. Scientific proof requires observation and testing. No one is alive to verify what really happened in the ages past. Recorded human history is only from the past few thousand years. For me, it is more logical to have faith in a divine creator opposed to random chance and circumstances. I am personally convinced that the entire universe, including the earth and everything living on it, were created by God. Humans are a special creation since we are created in God's image as described in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. Based on this belief, you were created to grow in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of God and His precepts. In light of your eternal purpose and existence, even if you live beyond a hundred, your life is just a speck in time. As it says in James chapter 4, verse 14, How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. Your life on earth is but a mere stepping stone within your eternal existence. How your earthly trek finishes is based on the choices and the decisions that you make each day. But keep in mind, the impact of those choices will remain throughout eternity. The more I study, read, ponder, and speculate about people, their deeds, and their destiny, I become more convinced that it is by God's design that our natural tendency is to grow, to succeed, to prosper, and to find happiness while we are here on earth. True happiness is the joy that we can only experience when we accept and follow God's provision for us through His Son, Jesus. It is then we will be able to experience God's purpose based on what Jesus told us in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. 
In most of the world today, opportunity abounds, and it is within your reach to find within your own life a personal realization of all the very best that exist, which very well may include personal wealth. Contrary to the teachings of some religious circles, wealth is not bad. It is poverty that is bad. Poverty, in most situations, is self-inflicted and represses individuals or groups of individuals who have chosen not to use their God-given talents and abilities to grow. They choose, rather, to allow those who have discovered and used their talents to take care of them. I do realize that in the Beatitude, it states that God blesses those who are truly poor if they recognize their need for Him. The problem that appears to be most prevalent today with those who are poor is that they are poor because of unwise financial decisions or the lack of motivation. When Jesus recited the Beatitudes, it was a time when many of his listeners were slaves or indentured servants. They had limited opportunities to advance themselves. That is not the case for most of us in the world today. I realize that there are specific situations where being in poverty may be out of a person's control, but to remain poor, especially in the Western culture, is usually one of choice. Even in the face of difficulty, even severe difficulty, a person must take total commitment to their cause, calling, or occupation in order to rectify their poverty. This situation is sad because many never even try to advance their lot in life through their own efforts. Imagine George Washington deciding not to try during the Revolutionary War because it looked bad across the Delaware. Imagine Abraham Lincoln giving up because he was embarrassed as a soldier, failed as a businessman, and soundly defeated in a poll by his peers. Imagine George Washington Carver, born into slavery if he had remained a slave in his mind instead of becoming one of the foremost crop researchers and scientists of all time. Imagine John Kennedy deciding not to go to the moon, to make America first, both in our own eyes and in the eyes of the rest of the world. I could go on with hundreds of people who have overcome severe difficulties and went on to make a huge impact on the world. Imagine, if you will, the world without the contributions of these and many other great people who overcame adversity with their talents, desires, and a total determination to leave behind the world slightly better than they found it. Adversity is never an excuse to stop you from advancing your position in life. If I have failed to make my point, let it be known that God did not intend for you to fail, wallow in poverty, self-pity, self-martyrdom, or mediocrity of any form. Such is not the grand design for you. God made you in His image to be like Him. You are blessed with all the raw materials necessary for progress, such as imagination, ideas, inspiration, and undeveloped intellectual capacity. And that capacity is without limitation. The only limitation placed on your abilities is your inability to easily recognize your unlimited nature. It does take effort to become aware of your staggering and limitless abilities. It takes effort to become enthusiastic over your life purpose, a cause, or an occupation. It does take effort to continue when your results, as well as your friends, tell you to give up trying. It takes effort to feel right about everything that happens, the joys as well as the sorrows. And it also takes effort to learn to love yourself above all others, especially when you are so consciously aware of your failures, your doubts, and your tragedies. Your capacity to love others is dependent on your capacity to love yourself. The Apostle Paul quoted Jesus in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, which tells us, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, Love your neighbor as yourself. It does not, however, take an effort to fail. It requires little else than a slowly deteriorating attitude about your present, your future, and about yourself. It is ironic that one of the few things in this life over which we have total control of is your own attitude. And yet most of us live our entire life behaving as though we had no control whatsoever. 
By your attitude, you can decide to read or not to read. By your attitude, you can decide to try or give up. By your attitude, you can blame yourself for your failure or foolishly blame others. Your attitude determines whether you love or hate, tell the truth or lie, take action or procrastinate, advance or recede. And by your own attitude, you and you alone actually decide whether to succeed or fail. How incredibly unique that a God who would create a complex and immense universe would create the human race and then give to those humans a free choice that would permit them to select their own achievement or their own destruction. This strange but all-knowing God gave to us a delicately balanced sphere called Earth, and on it he placed the intelligent human who would either develop it or destroy it. How terribly fascinating that God would leave both projects, Earth as well as humans, somewhat unfinished. Across the rivers and streams, God built no bridges. He left the pictures unpainted, the songs unsung, the books unwritten, and space unexplored. For the accomplishment of those things, God created the unfinished human, who, within his heart and mind, has the capacity to do all these things and more, depending upon his own choice. Attitude does determine choice, and choice determines results. All that we are and all that we become, for the most part, has indeed been left to us. At this very moment in time, as you listen to or read these words, your attitude has determined what you are. Your enthusiasms, intensity, faith in yourself, patient with yourself and others, and childish excitement about the boundless future is the result of a single word, attitude. On the seventh day of creation, the work of God is finished. He rested from all of his creative work. The work of creating your better future has just begun. For as long as you continue to draw breath, you have the chance to finish that work, and in doing so, complete the work in and for the earth and for yourself that God has left you to accomplish. In the cycles and seasons of life, attitude is everything. We have come to the end of the value of the attitude trail on today's trek. We have much to consider and ponder about what we covered today. On our next Philosophy Friday, we will hike the trail of the constant, predictable pattern of change as we continue our trek to explore the cycles and seasons of life. But don't miss our next trek, which will be Motivation Monday, as we continue with A Guide to Motivation. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. That will finish our trek for today. Just as you enjoy these doses of wisdom, we ask you to help us to grow Wisdom Trek by sharing it with your family and friends through email, Facebook, Twitter, or in person when you meet with them and invite them to come along with us on each trek. If you'd like to listen to any of the past daily treks, they are available at wisdom-trek.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on iTunes, Freaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Google Play so that each trek will be downloaded to you automatically. The journal for today's trek is available at wisdom-trek.com. Thank you for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. As we take this trek together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and leave a living legacy each day. This is Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.